0: Welcome to the Be Transformed podcast, where we're having ongoing digital discipleship conversations about when and where the kingdom and the culture collide.
1: Episode 45 Human Flourishing.
0: So I'm sitting here with a beautiful group of people. We have the commission. Who is the commission, you ask? <laughs> the commission is a group that I've ordained. (laughs) (laughs) They are beautiful Korean folks who found their way to rescue church, which I don't know what they did wrong to get stuck (laughs) with us, but we're glad they're here. So the senior members of the commission are DK and Tina, and the younger vibrant members of the commission, the junior junior members are Isaac and Deborah Lee. So we all had a great privilege of being in Haiti together about a week and change ago. And we had a great time. And we're gonna kinda talk about some of what we experienced there, some of the beauty and the brokenness of Haiti. Um, But first let me start by saying why were we there and what were we doing. So we were there to do open air. We were there to do open air crusades And um, we were expecting 20,000 people, which my dreams were shattered and totally destroyed, and that didn't happen. And then we were there to do a pastor's conference of 125 people, and that, too, did not quite happen as planned. We had actually about 90 people, and we were able to feed them all lunch and give them a book I wrote uh, called Follow Lead Mentor, translated in French. And we were able to feed them lunch, give them clean water filters, and we had a time of teaching and healing. And I was pleased with how that went. And so we stayed in a place called El Vache, which means we had to take a little boat to an island off Haiti, sometimes twice in one day. And I was looking at Pastor Reginald, and I go, what did we do? Um, Was this a mistake when we're just getting pounded by little waves and and it's like in the dark in the dark and
2: our show, our shirts are soaking wet. <laughs>
0: soaking wet shirts and the water is coming up close oh, yeah. to the edge of the boat and i'm thinking what did i do and why did i have to do this and why did pastor reginald let me do this and what what is wrong with us and but god brought us through and we had honestly i felt like We had just a beautiful unified time of no drama. I was a little cranky for a second, but generally speaking, we had an absolutely wonderful, unified, peaceful time where it was supernatural and painful and fun. So there's a lot of stuff that was happening, but what I'd like to know is how did you guys experience that just in general?
2: I think I had a lot of fun. Um, it's definitely like hard, I think, just not being able to move around freely. I think we have it so easy here because you could just hop on a bus, go take a train, and then go to like another state without anyone questioning you about anything. Yeah, but in Haiti, it's like the car broke down, and we don't even have a car. <laughs> <laughs> and then you you ask a stranger. Can you give us a ride? And they did. Yeah. Or, and he had
0: AC too, which is great. Yeah. Mm.
2: It's like every part of your day is a miracle. Yeah. <laughs> like traveling. Traveling yeah. is Literally so Literally every hard. part of your day. Yeah.
0: Like we had plane tickets and we couldn't get on the plane. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, what the heck? Well, well, you know, let's rewind a little. So when we get there, we're late because of American Airlines. American Airlines had a, a plane issue which means that we got to Haiti late, which means we couldn't get our connecting flight. All those flights are booked and sold out because of the chaos that's happening in the nation. Anyone with any type of money doesn't want to drive through there, so they fly to the south to evade uh, two gangs that are basically running the whole main highway. Mm -hmm. That's even incomprehensible to say. Like this is actually a fact. Like it's like like this is not Grand Theft Auto. Like this is real life. Like It's like
2: going down the tr- the turnpike and you can't because somebody's blocking it.
0: That's exactly what it's like.
2: Yeah. You can't see your family for the holidays.
0: That's it. And so this is this is the reality. So now we've got to rent. We rented a little plane <laughs> which we didn't even know the guy. I went up to a pilot, the pilot said, me, "Hey man, can't help you." 20, 30 minutes later, you guys call me, and then we're getting on a plane. $1,300 later. With a little debt in our wallet. (laughs) Yeah, a little debt in our wallet. But honestly, like, I really felt happy to be on that plane. That was a miracle in itself. Mm -hmm. It is because most of the planes are shut down. So if you don't have a private plane, you can't fly. Mm -hmm. Like, even when we called the helicopter companies, they were like, yeah, we shut everything down. It's too dangerous. <laughs> so no we're one like else great is yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah they're like no one else is flying and we're, it's, it's like dangerous. us it's like it's like yeah no pressure um it's the WEF which is okay. a world W-F-P. WFP World Food Program yeah. they're them they got a nice chopper and it's uh sunrise oh my gosh and it's it's our it's John and John the cursing pilot who <laughs> was just a the cursing Frenchman who literally made our day. I mean, he, he actually saved our trip. Yep, yep. God used both him to save ways. our trip both yep, ways. Yep. And then we're stuck, which we'll tell them what happened being stuck on the way back. That's Let's go back to now the boat ride, <laughs> the car breakdown. <laughs> these, these people, these precious people have decided to give up their anniversary trip mm. to go to Mexico and they gave that up to come to Haiti, which I'm just like,
2: worth
0: it. wow, <laughs> <laughs> you guys are real special people, that's all I can say. It's worth it, right? <laughs> She's like, right? <laughs> right, right. There's, <laughs> even a,
3: there's a funny story behind that too because uh, it was when you were um, talking about Haiti at, Thanksgiving dinner and um, Deb and me kind of looked at each other because I got a a number to give towards the trip but then when I went up to Deb and I was like um, she told me like hey I think we're supposed to go to Haiti (laughs) but then um, long story short within five minutes we were like yeah let's go we canceled our trip that night but the exact number that I actually got that I was ready to put towards a trip that was actually how much we ended up paying overall Wow. Like with all expenses put in. So like Laura was speaking and Wow. It was Yeah. yeah it was like That's awesome. really close to the exact with I'm talking with John Mark too.
0: Oh. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So. That's beautiful. So Isaac was like, Ah, I'll give some money. Laura's like, "No, nah, I want you.
1: Yep. <laughs> so plus down. the plus the money.
0: Yeah. We'll it. do you we'll do you and the money and we'll have ten thousand comes through someone. Who you don't even know. And in addition to that, you'll think everything's okay. And I've just sideswiped you in Haiti, Adam. (laughs) (laughs) Sign, Jesus.
2: That was like the whole theme of the trip for me. Like, God saying, like, I don't want your money, I want you. Mm. Like, I don't care about your money, I want you. Or like, I don't, like, money's not the thing. It's you
0: that I want. It's you that I'm after. Yeah, yep. It's time. you that I want to crush. Right, Lord, here I am. <laughs> <laughs> it's no fun crushing a $100 bill. <laughs>
2: I know. It's just like... <laughs> I'll crush you. <laughs> oh my God. We're just tossing away hundreds at each other yeah, the whole yeah, time. We're right. like, here's a hundred, here's a <laughs> hundred. Like, to breathe, that'll
0: be $1,500. <laughs> like, what the heck? To live another
2: day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh my God.
0: So... The good news is we had lobsters. Every day. Every day. We <laughs> stayed on a beautiful in a beautiful place <laughs> called Vache, yeah. which is it's an island off Haiti, about twenty five, thirty minutes off of Lakai. And um yeah, it was a great place. You know, um it was great.
1: You gotta get back to what happened coming home.
0: Yeah. Is there anything that you wanna talk about besides Yeah that
1: I mean that experience of so just to summarize, we, on the day we were supposed to come back home on Monday, you know, we purchased a ticket, a return flight home, and they go, <laughs> sorry, you don't have a ticket. Yeah. <laughs> like, what do you mean you don't have a ticket? So, apparently, because we missed that first flight, they just decided to cancel our second flight, assuming we didn't make it to the city, and they just sold our seats. And it was as if, like, that was normal. Yeah. And Which is insane. Yeah. No communication yeah. on it. no no, email no no text message no phone call and you know that was painful that was frustrating you know we didn't know when we'll get back home christmas is right around the corner pastor has uh sarah you know handling the family situation Mm -hmm. and that's throwing everything out of whack but it's not even a life-threatening thing but there was so much frustration and angst and honestly like it felt like injustice in a way um and it just really revealed to us that this is so basic -hmm. Like you, this will never happen in our country or or most countries. Yep. And it may, you know, every time I go to Haiti, I mean, I've only been there twice. It really makes me think about what we think is basic is not really basic Mm -hmm. in Haiti. Yeah.
0: And and I want to say this to to not not to be jerky, but to be honest, I I've been literally all over the world, and I have never experienced anything quite like Haiti. Yeah. To be honest. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, or just Haiti in, 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 general. in general. Haiti in general.
1: Yeah.
0: Like, uh, for example, we went on, you know, Isaac was there. We went on a trip to Uganda and everything was perfect. Smooth. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what? Yeah. In my mind, I'm like, I'm used to abusive relationships. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm.
0: Like, I'm waiting to get punched, you know? Like, and it's like, everyone, no problems. Yeah, you know, and even
1: countries that suffer economically and they don't do well, these are basic things that's in place. It's not, so yeah. it's not a money thing. Yep.
0: Yeah. No, I'm. Well, they were making plenty of money with all yeah. those people yeah. on the plane. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but it's really a mirror to you know the freedoms that we get to enjoy in, in the modern civilization. Just um, you know, just the way humans flourish, the way we progress, and I think the secular world, the biggest mistake they make is they assume that. The human progress that we experience today is from our human ingenuity is from our technology it's from our advancement but it's actually rooted in a very biblical principle of justice and righteousness it's all built on like a judeo-christian value system of yes. righteousness which which is the reason the world is is the way it is today yeah and i think haiti not having that at all it really reflects, like, that's really at the root of everything. and yeah. yeah.
0: So in Psalms, I believe it's 89, it says that righteousness and justice are the foundation of God's throne. And we know that his throne uh, is, is grace. We know the seed is mercy. Um, the throne is called grace, and righteousness and justice are the, the foundations, are like the, the things that hold mercy up. And grace make grace possible mm. and if you remove righteousness from a society that means the society is not right with God and if you remove justice from a society that means that people are not right with each other yep. and if you're not right with God and you're not right with each other if you remove the cross from the equation there's no healing there's just death like it's just really it's really difficult and then when you throw in like real poverty hunger wherever there's hunger there's violence Mm -hmm. and uh corruption and when you throw that in i mean you have what you have is lawlessness and we experience Mm -hmm. some of the fruits of it Mm -hmm. and think about it like by God's grace like we have money we could buy a plane ticket we could run a plane mm-hmm. you know we could eat lobster for breakfast but there's many people that they don't that's not an option mm-hmm. and they're just literally held hostage like yeah. legit in their own country mm-hmm. like when when Pastor Reginald went back home he took a bus there was guns drawn yeah. like literally he was right behind the driver and you know you're talking about a guy who's building a guy who has churches, a guy who speaks into the life of pastors, like an influential guy in that whole ecosystem. And even him, he's very, very vulnerable in that in that situation. So like lawlessness leads to the opposite of human flourishing. It, it's really like when you look at the beauty of Haiti, there's so much potential, but there's not an infrastructure to help manage and 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 bring out that potential which to me it's like it's really a heartbreaking situation like when we were in the plane on the way out i think i was mentioning to the girls because they were all together i was like look look at the coastline like bro it's beautiful and there's nothing there Mm -hmm. You're just thinking, like, what in the world? Like, mm. just put some <laughs> sprinkle some nice houses there, you know, like like the potential, like the whole like when I say that there was nothing there, I mean like there was nothing there for miles. Beautiful ocean, nothing there. And and that is because of lawlessness and injustice. There's no system. That helps facilitate human thriving and human flourishing, it actually does the opposite.
1: And the eye opening thing is, you know, when we're experiencing that, the whole airport issue with the flight, everyone else was dealing with the same problem, but they were just taking it. Like, they weren't even responding to it in a negative way. It was just normative to them. Yeah. It's like the air they breathe, and that was really eye opening. It wasn't even an injustice to them. Yeah.
0: They just accepted it. And then Reginald went Bug Wild. And uh, I don't think I've ever seen him like that. Mm. Well, wow. yeah. To be honest, I don't recall that. Mm. Um, he was really mad. You know, he maintained being respectful to people, but he was really mad, and he wanted to be heard. And I see right away, like when I saw him like that, I'm like, okay, I see how people can get violent. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. And Personally, like, it's not good for me to get like that. I don't, I don't get like that. Yeah, and but for I, me, that
2: like I teared when I saw yep. that because it, it was like hearing the pain of an entire nation and him actually voicing the inner frustration yeah. that the people yeah. either suppress or they've just yep. become accustomed to not having any kind of voice, not having any kind of rights, not having any kind of justice. You saw in Bishop Reginald like the frustration and the voice of the pain of the people
0: yeah and he not only felt it but he could clearly articulate it and they were like they were like amen you know like because (laughs) because like what he's saying is so true it was so true that even the manager was like like the manager like she she helped get us on another flight and that didn't work out so we just said forget it like but then you know We paid her, and then she gave us some money back. Like she was trying to work with us, um, and in defense of Sunrise, in defense of them, they they rectified it the next day, and they sent ten. There was ten flights, so that was really, I'm really happy for them. I was done with them.
2: I'm like, yeah, we didn't get on those ten
0: flights. Yeah, we didn't get on those ten flights, and honestly. I don't think I wanted to be on one of those 10 flights. Yeah, try. Yeah, Yeah, I think I just checked out emotionally on those flights. Yeah. 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 I'm like, I'd rather pay for a testimony than (laughs) I'm done. Cool pictures. Yeah, cool pictures. And then Deborah took her camera out and I just lit up. I was like, yes! (laughs) Oh, man.
3: You know, the crazy thing, too, is, like, um, we were stuck at that airport all day, right? But, like, the people, the Haitians were just sitting there and just, like, at the end of the day, after they missed their flights too, they just all went home. And uh, it just, r- during this time, Reginald was even saying, like, um, one of the strengths is, uh, of the Haitians is that there's, yes. they're resilient people, but it's also a weakness. So, like, th- they're able to take so much and, like, mm-hmm. continue to just get beaten up, and they'll they'll still keep showing up. and But then that's also a weakness because, like, it's like they'll just keep taking and getting walked over until... Reginald's words, the machetes come out, and it's it's like yeah, like even um, like when we were just talking amongst ourselves, it was like it's this system does get good nice people to do terrible things. It's really sad.
0: Yeah, like so from that exact airport, let me explain to you what happened at that airport. Like I don't know, six months ago. So they had a commercial in Haiti that was basically saying that. The Haitian government is making about $100 in taxes on each flight. So they have no reason to fix the problem on the road because they're making so much money on taxes. So when Haitians saw that, they went, okay. They walked into the airport. They looked for a sunrise plane. The sunrise plane wasn't there. A missionary transport plane was there. What did they do? They dragged it out front of the airport, right where we pulled in, and they lit the plane on fire. And they burned the plane right there. They weren't trying to kill people. They didn't kill anyone. They were saying that we're sick and tired, fix the roads. And so then a Christian missionary group lost the plane. Now they're flying less because of that, right? They weren't flying in December, and we were just there. So they weren't flying again until January. So mm. it probably slowed down their business and affected them. Mm. But that's how fed up the Haitian people are with the government. Yeah. And when you consider that the president of a nation was assassinated in his own house, oh my gosh. and there's no justice for him, who do you think there's justice for? No one. Yeah. Unless you're super rich and super isolated, then you're above the law so you don't need justice. Mm-hmm. But there's no justice and, you know, like we learned from the whole George Floyd, like no justice, no peace. peace. Like there's literally no peace. Yeah. And so the fact that we were peaceful <laughs> and joyful <laughs> was supernatural. Yeah. But I mean, you put yourself in that and that becomes your reality. It's like a fight to survive. Mm. And that's what you're seeing. And then, you know, Pastor Reginald, he's pastoring churches and the people that he's pastoring churches with are are not even telling him they're leaving. They just leave and go to the United States. Hmm. They're like, oh, by the way, I'm leaving tomorrow. Goodbye. And it's like, I'm supposed to be we're supposed to be in a mutually respectful, honoring, loving relationship where we're pouring into God's people and you're abandoning me without even saying anything. Mm-hmm. It's not like you're saying, Hey man, in three months, you know, I'm leaving or hey, I've it's just like I'm gone I'm leaving tomorrow. Yeah. It's insane. Yeah. And he's not leaving, he's staying. Yeah. Um but yeah, it's just, I mean, the, the, the reality in Haiti is like the more you, the more I go, like I've been going since 2009, when I tell stories about it, I'm always like, am I exaggerating? Is it really this crazy? And then when I go back, something more crazy happens. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, crazy. like, like how, like, I'm not like this. I'm not make this is really not. insane. It's chaos. You know? Yeah.
1: Let me ask you a question. If... The world poured money into Haiti as it is right now, just money, that's all they did. Will Haiti flourish?
0: No. Why? So money is not the problem in the sense of that there's not money in Haiti. There is money in Haiti. The issue in Haiti is that there's not justice. So because of a high level of corruption, there's no justice. Okay, I'll give you an example. One year we spent Christmas um, day in Delmas, uh, which is in you know Port-au-Prince area, and we were in a children's prison, a children's Dang. prison. So I was talking to a kid. He's probably about twelve. I go, bro, how long have you been here? He's like a year. I'm like, okay why are you here? They're like, I I was accused of rape. I go, okay, did you see a judge? No. Did you see your lawyer? Do you have a lawyer? No. And then it hit me like a ton of bricks. The poor are guilty until proven innocent. Mm. The rich are innocent until proven guilty. Mm. And in the Haitian reality, you take color out of it because it's not like, oh, he's black. Like, everybody's black so it's not like oh i don't like black people it's like no like mm-hmm. you know that's not it, it, color is not a factor mm-hmm. economics are the sole defining reality and so when you have um, no justice when you have a justice system that doesn't work when you have i mean when you have a level of corruption I mean, that's the situation. So if you you remove justice from a society, what do you have? Lawlessness. So if we throw millions of dollars in it, you just have some rich people, whoever's getting the money, but you still have lawlessness. And in fact, when more people have money because of the amount of poverty right? The people who have money have more space to oppress people and to hurt people because the distance from the rich and the poor is greater. Hmm. So for example, the, in a country, in, in any region, the distance between the rich and the poor in the Caribbean is, is the greatest. Why? Okay. All right, let's use Bahamas. You have 192 foot yacht. 300 feet behind the shoreline you have a tin shack and you have a mom with three kids and two six-year-old boys, twins and a 13-year-old girl and the yacht rolls up and they're looking for sex. It's 300 feet away and because they're so poor that creates space for oppression. So, what am I saying? I'm saying that the further the gap between the rich and the poor, the more opportunity to exploit mm. people who live in the gap, which is the highest in the Caribbean region. And then you throw in the amount of wealth that gets funneled through that area because you know it's beautiful, it's nice, like the Dominican Republic. It's that's that's another place where you know when I say the Dominican Republic, people are like they don't get it. They're like, "Is there beaches there?" There's resorts there. Yeah, I can take you three minutes from the resort and it's like hell. Mm-hmm. So Belize too is another one. People who don't people don't get Belize. Yeah, you just say, I'm gonna Belize people who just look at you. Like you're going on vacation. Like, why don't you come and see? Like but the the reality of it is that when only a small amount of people have a large amount of the money they make the rules. Whoever has the money makes the rules, and so the rules always favor the people with the money.
1: Yeah, actually, in the in the biblical concept of justice, the word mishpat is actually a word of equity. Yeah, a distributive justice. Yeah, there's yep. a balance, not this gap that like you're talking about. Yeah, so completely biblical principle there too. Yeah,
0: and also too, if. Within the law of Moses and within the Old Covenant, Old Testament, there were so many ways in which God dignified people. Like, for example, when you have the edges of the field, the edges of the field were for the fatherless, right? And so the fatherless and the people who lived in the house would be going to the same field for food. So that's dignifying. That's not like a handout, that there's something dignified about that. Another thing is every 50 years, Jubilee would happen, which would be the prevention of systemic poverty from going one generation to the next. So there was things that God put in place that were redemptive and restorative without being like communistic in the sense of everyone's equal. Because that's not real. Like that's, that's, it's not, how do you say it's not real? everyone does not do the same with what they've been given mm-hmm. so the idea of everyone being equal is not real everyone is of equal value to god sure precious valuable yes i get that but in reality like in human terms economically it, it, people will never be yeah. equal right because right right now if someone comes and gives us all a thousand dollars we're not like we'll use it differently so it's just not people people are not the same and people from the same a similar culture are not all um what's the word monogamous not not monogamous there's a word homogenous yeah like people not everyone everyone will not do the same thing Mm -hmm. like mono is the monolithic monolithic i'm using the wrong word anyway i'm probably tired <laughs> so but my point my main point is that people are not the same people will not do the same. people will not some people will be like you go and you give someone a thousand dollars and they'll squander it, other people will invest it, other people will save it. Some people will go and snort it. People are just not the same and so to expect everyone to have the same results is not real. but what what is really dangerous is when there is no justice. And no safety net in a society. That's what's really dangerous, and that's what you. That's what. That's what Haiti is. There's no. There's no real so- social safety net mm-hmm. because there's no justice, and so it leads to the opposite of human flourishing. It leads to violence. It leads to kidnapping. It leads to extortion. It leads to human trafficking. Uh, it leads to a lot of things that are just destructive to humans yeah. and, and that's what you're seeing and outside of a miracle it won't it won't end mm. like yeah. it'll just it'll just keep it'll keep going
2: yeah and people don't even see hope for that changing so they all leave the country
0: yeah it's like and our country is not helping either yeah. because our country is giving haitians a way out which is really destructive to Haiti, mm-hmm. it's really helpful to the people who want out, right? Yeah. But it's really destructive to the nation as a whole because if you, if you entice all of their business professionals to leave Haiti, yeah. they don't even have the potential to have, let's say, quality universities mm-hmm. because all the university teachers left. Mm-hmm. So if you turned around and said, I have a $10 million budget, I want to pay them $100,000 a year for 10, you know, 10 teachers... To stay in Haiti, they they they, they couldn't do it because there's maybe not enough university teachers now because they've all been lured out, and that that is I think also using, well, that's the Democratic Party looking for votes, but <laughs> yeah, that's why I don't like For me,
1: Haiti is really unique in, in terms of I really want to see Haiti turn around in our lifetime because you know in light of everything we're talking about tonight. If all the money in the world cannot solve Haiti's problems, it's only a powerful act of God that could really turn this country around, and I just feel like if we could witness that, it would be such a testimony to God and the kingdom. I mean, that's true for a lot of nations, but I don't know, something about Haiti makes me feel like this would be so magnified more than any other country.
0: Yeah, like, to me, it's it's insane. Like, I agree with you. Um, I think why we could feel that way is because of how close it is
1: yeah i mean we're in the same time zone it's four hour plane right away it's crazy yeah Yeah. it's like an
0: hour and a half from miami two hours yeah
1: and no one talks about haiti that's another Mm -hmm. thing yep
0: yeah and it's also really beautiful Mm -hmm. like the landscapes of it the mountains like it's really a beautiful place Mm -hmm. like there's a lot of potential in haiti lover's island which (laughs) is a slab of sand
1: (laughs) Yeah, we got drone shots of that.
0: Yeah, that was awesome. That was worth it. (laughs) I'm hopeful, but I'm hopeful in a realistic way in the sense of how does a nation change? All right, relationships, discipleship. So if Reginald could get 10 or 15 or 20 young people that are really committed to the kingdom and a long-term vision for Haiti. That's how you could see things change. Mm-hmm. But if there's not people on the ground like slugging it out, mm-hmm. it won't. It won't change. Mm-hmm. It'll. It'll take people with a with, but long-term vision, because it, it doesn't. Systems don't change quickly. Yeah. Um, and I think that really what you need to see a nation change is you need top down and bottom up mm. change like you need from the bottom like movements start from the bottom but culture is shaped from the top
3: mm-hmm. yep.
0: so you need something that meets in the middle because the middle is always your workforce mm. That's right. the, your workforce is never the are really rich and it's never the really poor mm-hmm. it's always the middle mm. that does all the work like when you look at the beautiful skyline of new york it's not rich people and it's not poor people. Yeah. It's the middle that builds.
1: Yeah. Artists too. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So I'm hopeful. I'm committed to it as you know, I'm in an abusive relationship with Haiti. And I think that there is hope and I am thankful to be a part of it. And I and I know that just me being there it has done something in my life. It has helped me understand the reality in which other people live. And uh, that's important, you know, for us as Americans to understand that. But more than being an American, because I'm an American second, first, I'm a Christian, and I'm kingdom. And understanding how other people experience reality mm-hmm. is very important if we're gonna say that we actually have compassion yeah. Yeah. and are moved by compassion. And so I think that, you know, experiencing the difficulty, some of the difficulty of people that you love and care about and minister to and minister with, I think that that's really important. And So even though it's expensive and a little crazy, I'm also thankful that you guys got to kind of taste and see a little bit of that. Because if you're going to really work in a place, you really do need to understand the reality and um, maybe you got a crash course. And, question, uh,
1: question for the commission. Would you guys
0: go back?
2: Definitely,
0: yeah. of course. Yes. They're in an abusive we relationship. Are an abusive <laughs> <laughs> relationship. <laughs> we are, are also
2: in part of it.
3: <laughs> yeah, actually on the Uber ride back right from the airport, uh, I was like actually thinking about the next time I'd wanna go back. I was like, oh, I really actually miss uh, Haiti and the people a little bit but <laughs> just the nation um it's really special and the lord's doing a good work and there is a lot yeah like at the crusades uh, one of the things that stuck with me too was like at just during worship um even reflecting on what reginald said i was looking at the kids a lot actually and how like yeah maybe if the adults could be set in their ways but like if from these Young children that are even here at these crusades, like if there could be some that can grow up, that would have a love for the Lord and for Haiti, and um, even with like a desire to pour into the nation, like Reginald, like even like that, like ten of ten kids like that who grow up into like people like Reginald, that could really shift the nation. Mm-hmm. And so that's been that's been on my mind too since being back, just the youth and.
0: Yeah, Yeah. you know I think that if you're going to be kingdom you have to have a long term vision of the kingdom breaking forth Mm. and and I think that that's what you see 23 decades after the resurrection the Roman uh, emperor I think it was Diocletian or something like that he basically said that we cannot stop you (laughs) you're unstoppable Mm -hmm. (laughs) and uh they didn't conquer through a sword or through violence or through coercion. They, mm-hmm. they conquered through persevering faith. Yeah. And um, Amen. that's long-term vision. Yeah. Hmm. That's not like we're going to blow in and blow out. We're going to yeah. come in, have a good crusade, and save the world. Yeah. That's yeah. not going to happen. Yeah. But what yeah. is going to happen is you're going to plant seeds. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And they're going to grow. Yeah. And, Amen. Don't give up. Yeah, and you don't give up and you keep coming and you, you don't you know like I, I, I preached to a thousand people like there was twenty thousand people yeah. you just show up and you just yeah. be faithful and you just serve God yeah. love God and you know you guys did a great job with worship and you just show up and you keep showing up because Jesus is worthy yeah. and you know like one of the things too like the night we're getting ready to leave and a guy comes up for prayer pray over him his right ear pops open like he came up to us for prayer we were done god wasn't done Mm. you know (laughs) we're rolling out yeah (laughs) we're and i didn't even get out of the car i just stuck my hand out the window and just
2: like we were all in the car (laughs) yeah
0: bishop tina pulled the phone out i think so i was excited about that but god is faithful and you know you just show up Yeah. You just yeah. show up. You just he said lay hands on the sick yeah. and they'll recover. Somewhere between that sick body and my hand is the power of God. Amen. You just show Amen. up. You just Amen. keep showing up. And, you know, it's like if our hands don't heal people, our shadow never will. You just keep showing up. <laughs> just keep showing up. You know, yeah. just just yeah. do what God said and that's it. Like yeah. it's not it's not that complicated. It's not easy, but it's not that complicated. <laughs> so I'm trying to think of the word I was wanting to say earlier. <laughs> it's it's not
1: we'll it monogamous. It's
0: not is is like and monogamous is like a marriage. Mm-hmm. One in right. One, yeah. Mono. Monolithic.
3: It's
1: not a monolith. I think is the word. Monolith. Isn't right? that
0: language? Monolithic. Isn't that when like, for example, one community is not monolithic. Like it's language. Which means like they're not all the same.
2: I think people would say it's not a monolith. That's what I've heard. I've heard that yeah. saying. Well, anyway, the point was made. Where are the fact checkers? The point was made.
1: So, monolithic uh, is a single large block of the stone. But the, <laughs> yeah. but, the, but the other definition is large, powerful, and intractable, indivisible, and uniform. Like it means like a uniform, like rejecting any move toward a monolithic European super state. So, it means everybody, everybody being conformed to one thing.
0: Mm. Yeah, so so that's so I was saying. Like, yeah. people will not be monolithic as it relates to money. Yeah, mm. that was what I was saying. Yeah, like the idea that all white people are conservative or all black people are Democrats—that's not real. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So that's the same way with. It's not real that people will, if you just throw money at Haiti, mm-hmm. that it'll fix it because the problem isn't a, about money. Although it affects money, money it, it's mm. affected by money, but it's not money. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's just the, so, the byproduct. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, I think we're done. Yeah, we're done. We're done. (laughs) Have a good evening. Thanks for listening. (laughs) Bye. Adam Levecki here. On behalf of DK, Kim, and I, we want to thank you for listening to the Be Transformed podcast. If you found this helpful, please subscribe, share, and review the podcast. Thanks again for listening to Be Transformed.